As eight Indian former naval officers convicted for spying were released by Qatar, Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited Doha to thank the Amir. But what are the larger diplomatic lessons and takeaways from the 18-month ordeal? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sahasini Heather. Up ahead, we're also going to be speaking to one of the men who suffered that ordeal and returned a former naval commander, Amit Nagpal. But first, let's just get you up to speed on all that's happened. This week brought good news. Seven of eight released Indians, former naval personnel, returned to their families as the Emir of Qatar decided to free them. The outcome that followed Prime Minister Narendra Modi's personal intervention in December with his counterpart, the Emir Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad Al Thani, was a big relief for the families and a big success for Indian diplomacy. Prime Minister Modi, who was visiting the UAE this week, also made a sudden stop in Qatar to express his gratitude. Here's what the Foreign Secretary said. Prime Minister thanked uh, His Highness the Amir for his support for the welfare of the Indian community and in this regard expressed his deep appreciation to His Highness the Amir for the release of uh, eight internationals uh, of Al-Dahar Company. We are extremely gratified to see them back in India. Now, of course, here on Worldview, we've spoken often about this particular case. But let's get, just get you through the chronology. August 30th, 2022 was the day that the eight Indian nationals, uh, including seven former naval commanders and captains and one former naval sailor, were arrested by Qatari authorities. They all worked for Dehra global technologies. They were reportedly charged with spying, uh, a charge that the families and now the men themselves, all of them, completely deny. They com- insist that they were innocent, even so the trial started in March 2023. In May 2023, Dera Global, the company they worked for, actually shut down. In October then, about six months after the trial actually began, the court brought in its verdict. It handed down a guilty verdict for all eight in the case of espionage. It pronounced a death sentence to all of them. A stunned silence. New Delhi said it was shocked at the time. But then December 1st, about a month later, Prime Minister Modi met the Qatari Amir in Dubai. Uh, This was the first such intervention or conversation between them since the case had begun. On December 28th, a few weeks later, the Court of Appeal in Qatar commuted the death sentences down to prison terms for all the eight men. So one part of the reprieve, but not a full relief. In February, then things started to change again. Uh, India and Qatar actually signed a 20-year, $78 billion LNG deal. It will start in 2028 for gas supplies. That announcement itself may have seemed innocuous, but it did herald that some kind of an agreement on the Indian prisoners may have been imminent. And then on February 11th, the seven men, including Commander Nagpal, Captain Gill, Captain Vashisht, Captain Verma, Commander Pakala, uh, Commander Gupta and Sailor Ragesh, all of them were put on a plane and they returned to India. The eighth, Commander Purnendu Tiwari, who was actually the managing director of Dera Global Technologies at the time of his arrest, he has been released, we understand, but he remains in Doha. His sister, Dr. Meetu Bhargav, who's been speaking about his case, said he is still under some sort of a travel ban. So this entire case, a lot of relief for the release of all officers, but it isn't fully over until Commander Tiwari as well. 
returns to India. Now, earlier, I spoke to one of those that had returned to his family this week, retired Naval Commander Amit Nagpal. Listen in. Well, we've seen so much happen just within the space of a few days in the week, uh, and I'm sure you're still processing a lot of what happened. Uh, but just to start with, uh, how did you hear of your release? Where were you at that time? Uh, how did you speak to your family? What was it really like coming home? Just give us a sense of that moment when you knew you were going to be freed. Yeah. Uh, I came to know when I'm going to be free was only when I walked out of that facility. And I saw the ambassador standing in front and I asked him, uh, are, we, are we out? He said, yes, you are out. Then are we going home? He said, yes, you are going home. And that's the time I realized before that no clue at all about what's going to happen. The suddenness with which, which, which we went in, with the same suddenness, we had, we came out. So it was, it was, I mean, that feeling of uh, that elation of coming out and getting out of there was at the peak that time. And uh, so none my, my wife had been there with me throughout this uh, ordeal and uh, she had no clue. She had been meeting the ambassador in the embassy, but no clue at all. So it was a very, very pleasant surprise. Uh, you know, there are so many uh, parts of your ordeal that I understand that we will not be speaking about. But uh, what what was your really your first conversation with your family, if if I may ask? Oh yes, uh, this you. That's that's a very good question to ask because uh, I got to speak to her for about two minutes. Uh, I was on speaker, and the first thing is she told me, Amit, I'm not going to leave this place without you. That gave me so much of strength because, uh, as everybody knows, uh, the the prison term is not a it's not a it's not a punishment for that individual. That punishment uh, individual can understand, but if if his family is the one which suffers the maximum. And if they are comfortable or they are okay, I think anybody can go through this ordeal. That, that, that certainly does mean a lot. Obviously, um, this began in August of 2022. But could I ask what made you originally move to Qatar? What was your sense of what you were going to do over there? Yeah, so uh, this was this opportunity of training uh, uh, their Navy. Qatar Navy, uh, it's down my line, right? I've been, I've been a, um, a career naval officer since 1990. I've joined NDS 1987. So this is my core competence. So, and they gave me an opportunity to train uh, another country, which actually India had been training in this region uh, long ago. We were the first ones to be there, but in between there was a gap. So it was great to get connected to a company which was training in that Middle East. And we did immensely well we made a lot of inroads unfortunately it had to end this way right and then even the company itself has had to close down now yes. you know to 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 come to the charges against you what we know were certainly that they were very very serious uh that you went straight you know as as soon as you were arrested we already had heard that there was were charges of espionage um or get uh, for a third country uh just give us a sense of how you felt on uh, when you were arrested and how uh, long it took for you to actually take in the seriousness of the charges against all of you? Look, uh, yes, uh, uh, once uh, I was arrested, uh, I know the things were going to be very serious, but I always believed, uh, and I, I had done nothing wrong, right? So I always believed, if not today, certainly tomorrow I'll be out of this mess 
and uh, i had full faith i thought i i believed that whatever powers be uh, they would understand that we had done nothing wrong at all and in, if in, if not tomorrow day after tomorrow or in the near future i would be out so i didn't i didn't really care about the charges because i knew i was innocent and i would get out quickly and that day came even so innocent people do uh, stay behind bars for sometimes for years at a time uh, without being able to speak um did anything in your training so far really prepare you for what you went through there yes so uh, definitely uh, uh, you know my three years in india uh, i had I, i knew i had the resilience to withstand this and uh, you know just um, i had just was bothered about my family that if they are okay i will hand, i will be handle, able to handle myself whatever be the duration and i had faith i don't know in god or and say in the government i had faith that i will get out well, that that that, that is important um how often were you able to speak to your family and you know in what way was the embassy really helping through this yeah. so i'll talk about the embassy and the embassy of india under two ambassadors we saw two ambassadors and the, the support provided was excellent uh, consular accesses were you know in the last 5 uh, 6 months uh, the ambassador right now mr bipul he was there every month to meet us and that was a source of lot of confidence and most importantly they had opened the doors for the families that if whenever you want us want, want to come and speak to us you want to uh, chat uh, on the phone or give us send us messages they were open so that was amazingly well done so uh, hats off uh, and and i would i would say as the government would have said please help them but an individual does what an individual uh, you know his attitude is and his attitude mr people's attitude and his team's attitude was so positive it, it was amazing so uh, and as an individual i need to thank him for his great work he did i saw uh, was mr deepak mittal who was before him uh said he and of course prime minister narendra modi has now visited qatar very quickly after you uh, came back to india thanks the amir over there uh all of this happening in just a few months you know the 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 pronouncement of the death sentence um when the, when the death sentence was pronounced did you at any point then feel that your faith and your uh hope and your confidence that you would be free was that dimmed at all yes it it affected immensely two days uh, so i made a routine for myself and i could not fi- follow that routine for a couple of days the the time i spoke to my wife next when she told me I, actually we didn't come to know about this death sentence in the court and uh, i i was hearing on, on the news and i couldn't believe what i saw because it was it was just not uh, you know proportional to whatever they thought we did so anyway so um so that that's 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 the thing and uh, it yes that when i spoke to my wife after this couple of days to three days and she told me that government is now going to take charge more uh, seriously and uh, there was going to be a meeting so this was 26th and um, 30th uh, of october there was going to be a meeting with uh, dr jashankar in delhi and like that gave me a lot of confidence yes and and i just knew that this won't last right and suddenly the intervention at the highest level seems to have uh, seen that kind of uh, uh, k- kind of effect do you wish that uh, the government at the highest level had intervened earlier in the case 
um, I can't go into whatever has happened. But I guess so. If it was, it could have happened now. It it happened now. It could have happened any time earlier also. I that I agree with. Ah, uh, given that all of this now has happened in a matter of ah, uh, you know, a few months. There was the commuting of your sentence, which was the first sign, I think. Um, and then we saw, you know, India and Qatar sign a uh, a big uh, gas deal, which seemed to be an indicator that things were ah uh, back on track. And then your release came. Ah, uh, so. Who would you really credit with, uh, with your freedom today? Yeah, so I'll talk about freedom, uh, uh, surely. But uh, first, I want to thank uh, my immediate family, my wife, my son, uh, Mungas, my wife, and my son Tarush, and my mother, uh, who was alone uh, in Noida for most of the time, and of course, um, uh, the government, uh, the honourable prime minister. Um, and this could have happened only at the highest level there's no doubt about it in my mind and that means the order would have only come from amir and amir would have only given the order if the prime minister had spoken to him i'm i'm sure that is uh, connected so i would like to thank uh, both amir the government of qatar as well as our own prime minister and definitely he has he's, he's the one who's managed to get us out there have been those who suggested that somehow the timing of your address the timing of the trial against you the kind of charges uh, of espionage against you some reports suggesting it was espionage for a third country like israel uh, these were all connected to geopolitical events uh, the uh, the the israel hamas war that was going on uh, some had suggested that uh, countries in to india like pakistan had a hand in it uh, how did you react to some of these reports and were they a cause for greater worry about your own case what uh, made us uh, go through this and get arrested uh, i don't think i have no clue why it happened and i hope in the future sometime i do come to know why did we actually go through this were we really to blame uh, because we did nothing wrong uh, all these media reports about israel and uh, these are all utter nonsense nothing we have done nothing at all we are not spoken to anybody at all we are not enemies with uh, qatar and these spying cases only take place uh, between enemies well, why should we even uh, and we were doing well we did a lot of stuff for them we were very happy there people were very happy with us and then this happened it's it's just unimaginable what happened to us whether it, all these events affected our uh, yes i'm sure there would be some kind of effect some positives and negatives because sitting inside uh, everything which also we were watching bbc and cnn and uh, we had we on uh, indian channel and whatever happened because you you were only imagining that maybe this will affect maybe that will not affect I had no clue what was happening but that's what I, my feeling was it's a difficult ordeal and one which not only the officers themselves but also the families really went through now this was also a particularly difficult case for the ministry of external affairs for a number of reasons and what were they one that the charges against the indians were really at the most serious level espionage reportedly for a country like israel few countries around the world would free those convicted of such serious charges uh, especially after the death sentence had been pronounced against them many of them would pardon but not if there was a death sentence a capital punishment against the accused uh, the second big roadblock the qatari legal system itself really a very opaque system difficult to get clear details of the charges many of the times even in court 
The charges weren't actually read out, uh, nor was the evidence really thoroughly known. The process ahead was not known for the families. A third big roadblock, the fact that all eight of them were former servicemen. Uh, and this added not only to the concerns there in Qatar, but also here in India, because of course, public pressure, uh, open statements by people for their safe return became a, a, another issue. Criticism of Qatar in India only made the diplomats' job there much more difficult. Then there were a, a series of geopolitical factors and they seemed to be timed with this particular uh, trial and particularly the sentencing. To begin with, Qatar and Israel have faced off over the current conflict. Qatar is home to much of the Hamas leadership. It is also an important interlocutor for the hostages. Uh, the accusation that the men were spying for Israel was particularly worrying uh, for the government and, uh, of course, for their families. And remember, the men have consistently said that they were innocent. But even so, uh, these kind of reports, speculations were really making it much more difficult to think about their release. India's balancing act on the Israel-Gaza conflict is a factor as well. New Delhi's vote at the United Nations in October that abstained from criticism of Israel. Remember, we told you about it on Worldview. But then its decision not to ban Hamas, uh, negotiating at the same time on the IMEC corridor with Saudi Arabia and UAE, with INST, with Iran. So the entire Gulf uh, where India was working, any of its actions could actually be seen as tipping the balance uh, against the naval personnel if they went against the government of Qatar in any way. In addition, the fallout of any decline in Qatar-India ties would have been felt not just by them and their families, but by 800,000 Indians who live and work there. So you can imagine the kind of stakes, how high they were, and the kind of pressure on the Ministry of External Affairs in particular. So what's worldview's take? Given those high stakes, the government's skillful diplomatic handling of the Qatar case uh, really shows how even the toughest negotiations, even with countries that India does not have such good relations as it does with Qatar, can be done. One, to avoid all public grandstanding as the government uh, has chosen really with Pakistan over the Jadhav case, going to the international court as well, or Canada uh, over the Nijar case where the government had very harsh counter diplomatic measures. The second is pursuing the case legally. That shows respect for the Qatari legal system as well. Uh, and the third part of that was having the prime minister intervene at the highest levels in a country where power rests right at the top with the emirs in the case of Qatar. These are all parts of a strategy that work. These are all parts of a strategy that can be learned from. Uh, we'll get you some worldview recommendations and I have given you quite a few. So if you go back to the previous worldview in October that dealt uh, with the case, uh, there are about 10 really great books. One of them was this one, West Asia at War, Repression, Resistance uh, and Great Power Games. This is by Talmiz Ahmed uh, and really a book worth reading about the entire region. And it does have a sector on Qatar as well. India and the Gulf, Theoretical Perspectives and Policy Shifts. This is by Harsh Pant and Hassan Al-Hassan. And this really looks at what has changed in the last two decades or so in India's engagement with the Gulf region. And there's India and the Gulf region, geopolitics, security, energy, diaspora, and maritime relations. So really comprehensive look by Professor A.K. Pasha. Uh, a book you might find interesting about dealing with such cases, dealing with the accusations of espionage, is A Life in the Shadows, a memoir by A.S. Dulat, who was, of course, India's uh, intelligence chief in the role. 
Uh, and finally, this book, In the Shadows, True Stories of High-Stakes Negotiations to Free Americans Captured Abroad. Uh, this is by two authors, again, Mickey Bergman and Ellis Henneken, and they look at a number of different cases that the U.S. has dealt with and the negotiations that those required. Well, we hope you enjoy reading all of these and do join us again here on Worldview. Certainly, it is always nice to follow a story that has a happy ending. We'll be back with more 